Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, Evidence of the Resurrected Christ. Let me ask you a question. Would you shoot a man in the head if three days later you knew he would knock on your front door? Or would you stab a man in the back if you knew that he would, a week later, confront you with the wound mark in his back as he sat down to eat at your table? Now, the chances are that it's not likely you would. Let me tell you a couple of established facts. Jesus' public ministry took place around 27 to 30 A.D. or 31, 32 It's a fact of both biblical and secular history. And that he died around 30 to 32 AD is a fact no one disputes. Again, history attests to his death. But his was a very unusual death. Truly never a man died like this man. That he was buried is also indisputable. Joseph of Armanathea, donated his own garden tomb and assisted in his burial. The women helped wrap his body in spices and tears and saw the soldiers as they rolled a stone over the passageway into the cave tomb and then put the imperial seal of Rome on it. No one could go into that tomb without a soldier permitting him and assisting him. The record states the Jewish authorities asked for and received a Roman guard which consisted of 16 soldiers who were stationed at the tomb for three to four days to guard the body of Jesus from being stolen by his followers. Matthew 27, 62 and following says, The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priest and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, We remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he's been raised from the dead. And the last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and They made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Jesus lived. He died on a cross and he was buried and the burial place was guarded. Then came Sunday morning, what we call Sunday morning, the third day after his crucifixion. It was near dawn in that garden During the fourth watch, the soldiers pulled their cloaks around them tightly. It was chilly. Only a few more hours and they would be off of this silly assignment. Who ever heard of guarding a dead body in a sealed tomb? Then mysterious things began to happen. Into a cold corpse lying wrapped on that stone slab, life was poured His eyes fluttered open. The man arose and came through the tomb. The open tomb permitted the soldiers and the women and others to enter into the sealed tomb. Listen again 
to this account of that event from Matthew 28, verse 2. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so terrified of him that they shook and became like dead men. Now, after this had occurred, a group of women followers arrived to finish the embalming process of adding more spices to the grave clothes. And here's Luke's account of their arrival and a subsequent event. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Luke 24, 1 through 12. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, and he lives forevermore. The resurrection of Christ is based on solid historical evidence. One fact is indisputable and has been ever since it occurred. The tomb was empty. The belief in the resurrection of Christ lies at the heart of the Christian gospel. As believers in him, we do not symbolize our faith by images of a dead body on a cross. Rather, an empty cross symbolizes the Christian faith because the tomb is empty and Jesus Christ lives today. A dead Savior could never save, but a living Lord who conquered death, sin, and the devil through his suffering death on a cross can and does save all who come unto God by him. How do we know that the resurrection of Christ occurred? What evidence is there that Jesus rose from the dead? How do you explain the empty tomb? That the tomb was empty and the body of Jesus was gone was attested to by the soldiers who guarded it, by the Jewish council of leaders, and by the disciples. Now, there exist only two logical explanations. Either the body was stolen or Jesus rose from the dead and came out of the tomb on his own power. The resurrection is the only real answer. Consider with me the theory of the stolen body. Who would have stolen it and how? Only the friends or the enemies of Jesus would have moved the body. The enemies could have moved it to a safer place in order to prevent the tomb from becoming a place of pilgrimage. But would they? 
The Jewish leaders were aware of his claim that he would rise. They had guards posted to keep his body in that sealed tomb. If they had moved it, then when the early Christians began to proclaim his resurrection, all they had to do was to produce the dead body and silence them forever. That would have been the end of Christianity. But they did not do this because they could not do it. His friends could not have removed the body because of the guards. Moreover, would they if they could have? Emotionally, they were not expecting his resurrection. The whole event bewildered them. Besides, would anyone lay down his life for what he knew was a deliberate deception? The sequel to the resurrection story proves this theory wrong. It cannot account for the psychological change in the disciples, prison, Torture and death could not alter their conviction that Jesus was alive and that they had seen him and talked to him and eaten with him after he had died on the cross and been buried in that tomb. There's a third way the body could be moved. The body of Jesus could have been supernaturally raised from the dead. Jesus could have gotten up from the grave and walked out of it as the Lord of life, and that is just what happened. Death could not hold the Son of God who was sinless and who exhausted the judgment of God against his people. Paul writes in Romans 1, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his Son, who is to his earthly life, was a descendant of David and who through the Spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Consider briefly some of the lines of evidence recorded in the New Testament for the resurrection of Jesus. First, the material evidence supported the claim. There is a displaced stoned boulder which could not have been moved except by the soldiers or someone greater than the soldiers. It took a group of them to put it on the tomb. And there is the empty tomb. Moreover, the witnesses were all surprised to find the stone door roll back and the grave empty. It was a shock to their system, and some of them remained unconvinced for days. Another important factor in the material witness is the state of the grave cloths. Jesus had been wrapped in clean linen cloth and about 100 pounds of spices. Now, on the morning of the first day of the week, the body of Jesus was gone, vanished, but the grave cloths were still there. This alone means the body was not moved by another, for the grave clothes would have gone with the body or would have been unwrapped in a heap. Instead, the account states that the clothes were lying just where they were when the body was in them, but the napkin or headcloth was separated from them and folded. The shape of the body was still present in the collapsed cloth, but the flesh and bones had disappeared. Jesus had risen, passing through the grave clothes, which he left undisturbed, and was a silent proof that death could not hold him. The cocoon-like state of the grave clothes greatly impressed Peter and John. Here's John's first-hand account 
of their discovery. We read in John 20, verse 3 through 8. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Now the other disciple is John. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So he, that is John, bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as a cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in his place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went inside. He, that is John, saw and believed. Another line of material evidence is the many physical appearances of Jesus to a number of people over a 40-day period. This involved a number of differing circumstances with great variation in time and place. No way this could be an hallucination. Consider the appearances to the 11 disciples, including Thomas one week later when he invited Thomas to put his finger into his scars and to be not faithless but believing, John 20, verse 24 and following. And on another occasion, Jesus cooked breakfast for his disciples and ate broiled fish and bread with them, John 21, 1 through 14. In fact, Paul states that at least 500 people saw Jesus alive from the dead, and this probably occurred in Galilee at least two or three weeks later. Christ Jesus is risen from the dead. He is risen indeed. The Christian gospel is grounded upon the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, his physical, bodily resurrection. Jesus is alive today, and he can change your life. He can forgive you of your sins and give you eternal life. You too can know that he lives by the salvation that he gives. The Bible says, if you believe and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Believe and live.